0: Banking Bonus Time Podcast. My name is Cassidy and I'm your podcast host for the Community Bankers Webinar Network. Today's episode answers some common questions from a webinar presented by Shelley Sippel with EPCOR and is titled Emerging Payments, Embracing Same Day ACRH, RTP, and FedNow Today's speaker is the Senior Director of Certifications in Continuing Education. She designs and conducts education programs in support of ACH to over 2,000 financial institutions and corporate members. She presents at regional and national industry conferences as an ACH expert. If you want to learn more about this topic after the podcast, please see in the notes for a registration link and a coupon for 10% off the on-demand webinar. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Thank you so much, Shelly, for coming on our podcast with me today to answer all these questions for me.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate uh, being given the opportunity.
0: Well, it should be fun. So with that, let's just get right into it. Does either real-time payments or FedNow have an ETA on debits?
1: Yeah, that's, that's really a great question. So RTP and FedNow, they're designed for processing credits only. So they are a strictly credit push payments like a wire transfer. Uh, so credit trans- transactions, I tell you, believe it or not, really present less risk to financial institutions who are offering these services, as well as to their account holders that are going to be sending payments. And in many cases, financial institutions, well, as, as you look at credit pushed, you're really going to be ensuring that the funds are in the consumer or in your business client's account before you actually send the payment. So you're able to mitigate your credit risk. And of course, there are certain types of fraud that are reduced with credit transactions as well. So I guess the really short answer to this question is, you'll never see debits.
0: Well, that's kind of interesting to me. (laughs) Um, So some financial institutions charge for same-day ACH, but they don't charge their account holders for RTP payments and for the coming FedNow payments, or is it a free service?
1: Well, so as as you know financial institutions they themselves have to pay fees to participate in the various payment systems and that's also going to be the case with both RTP and FedNow. However, when it comes to charging your account holders for these types of payment services, that's really a business decision. So we'll tell you from my personal experience Financial institutions don't generally charge consumer account holders for, say, sending or even receiving an ACH payment, whether that be a next day or a same day ACH payment, but they may charge a consumer to send or receive a wire transfer. And it's also very customary for financial institutions to charge their business clients to use these payment services, whether it be ACH or wire transfers. So based on that, I'm going to say that yes, many financial institutions will likely charge their business clients to send RTP and FedNow payments. But again, business decisions, so they could decide to provide that as a free service.
0: That's really interesting that they they don't charge consumers, but then they charge businesses. I guess it kind of makes sense just because, you know, they want to keep their consumers happy. <laughs> well,
1: that, absolutely. So as consumers, we've certainly gotten very used to free, 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 right? And with businesses, I mean, many times when you think about um, the frequency of the payments they're sending, the dollars associated with the payments they're sending, it's certainly worth more to them to pay to be able to do that. So when you think about a business wanting to send a direct deposit of payroll through the ACH to their employees, you know, if even if they have 25 employees or maybe even if they have five, uh, right, there's a lot of expense associated with writing out paper checks. And then you look at the benefits that the employees are going to gain by that, which really looks great in the employee's eyes. Oh, look at our employer there, you know, our money's there on payday. We have access to it first thing in the morning. Uh, and so, you know, paying to use the ACH services to send those payments uh, is is a value to them. And so, again, as we look at RTP and FedNow, uh, I think we'll see the same thing. Again, businesses will be very willing to pay to be able to send payments through those uh, payment networks. However, consumers, mm, probably not so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is totally fair. Uh, well, thank you for that lovely answer. So, that kind of leads me into my next question is there a potential for fraud that we should be aware of, aware of?
1: Well, so the potential for fraud it exists in all payment systems doesn't matter whether we're talking checks ACH card so of course the threats going to also be real with RTP and Fed now Uh, But I really think that the bigger question is whether faster payments, which RTP and FedNow are considered faster payments, whether that equates to faster fraud. Now, I'll tell you that both RTP and FedNow, they have developed tools to be able to combat fraud. And of course, that's going to be very helpful to financial institutions. Uh, But I would also say That financial institutions need to have controls in place to mitigate potential fraud as well. And those controls, quite honestly, they're really no different than the ones they're using today when they offer ACH or wire origination services. So they're really going to just determine, you know, who do we offer these services to? Because that's the first way to really combat fraud. Do we just flip the switch and offer it to everyone? Or no, we're going to perform our due diligence. We're going to determine which clientele do we feel are going to be appropriate for this service? Which ones are credit worthy and so on and so forth. So again, just performing that due diligence and really setting those parameters as to who you'll offer those services to. Other things too that financial institutions do are setting limits, whether that be the frequency of transactions. So how many transactions can we actually send through the course of the day, a week, a month, what have you, but also any dollar limitations as well. And so that way, you know, if you have a fraudulent transaction that gets sent, but wow, you'd have the limit set at $500. Okay. We're looking at a potential $500 loss versus, oh, we had this set at $500,000, right? So again, that's, that's a way for them to be able to manage some of their fraud risk. And of course they're going to want to use, um, what's referred to as commercially reasonable security practices and procedures when they're accepting these payment requests. And again, it doesn't matter whether it's an ACH payment, a wire transfer, an RTP, or a FedNow payment. And so as we look at what's meant by commercially reasonable um, it's it's kind of like I like to think of it as keeping up with the Joneses. And so you really have to size yourself up as a financial institution to other institutions of similar size who are offering similar services to similar type of companies and, and such. And what what security procedures do they have in place? Uh, so, you know, in lots of cases, what we'll see is. Financial institutions obviously authenticate their users because so much of this is being done through their online banking, but when it comes to a wire transfer, or maybe even an ACH, they may, in addition to that, okay, so we, we know that you are who you say you are, you have access to be able to do this, but we're going to require dual controls. So while you may be able to enter the request, Shelly Cassidy is going to need to come in and she's going to be the one who will authenticate herself and then she will approve, uh, if you will, that payment before it actually gets sent. Or they may use uh, more out-of-band sort of um, ways to combat this by doing callbacks. So maybe I enter, uh, let's say, a payment into the online banking, whether it be an ACH payment, a wire, an RTP, or a Now in the future. And now, Cassidy, they're going to pick up the phone and they're going to call you and they're going to confirm that this is the payment that we want to send. And so, again, being able to, to do some of that really is going to help Uh, mitigate any fraud. So using their current mitigation tools that they have, those are still going to be very effective when it comes to fraud with faster payments. But I would also say they will probably want to take a look at the fraud tools that are being offered as part of the RTP and the FedNow products uh, as well.
0: Well, that was a wonderful answer. Thank you. (laughs) So If an ACH is received through a service provider, do we still need to contact the Fed if interested in FedNow?
1: So financial institutions, um, they are gonna be able to access FedNow through a service provider, or they can do that directly through the Fed. So really they can contact either one. However, I would suggest that if they are using a service provider today for their ACH services, reach out to them first you know, find out what, what are their plans? Are you planning to connect to Fed Now? And of course, while you got them on the phone, you might as well inquire about RTP as well, because, you know, it's likely that is the way that uh, many financial institutions are going to be accessing RTP is through a service provider. Uh, but when it comes to FedNow, uh, again, they could just contact their financial services account manager at the Federal Reserve Bank to learn more about that service.
0: So can funds be accessed with both direct direct connection and via service provider?
1: So as we look at participation in the RTP and the FedNow networks, at a minimum, a financial institution has to be able to receive these types of payments. And whether they do that through a direct connection with the networks or through a service provider, that's really up to the institution. Uh, but in either case, they're going to be able to receive Uh, payments on behalf of their account holders.
0: So what type of payment processing system is peer-to-peer, like P2P payments considered?
1: So peer-to-peer, or what you'll also hear referred to as person-to-person payments, those P2P payments, uh, really what they're doing is allowing consumers to be able to send funds to other consumers so perhaps Cassidy i owe you money for lunch from the other day or maybe i want to just send you money for your birthday you got a birthday coming up uh you know those are going to be considered p2p or person to person peer to peer payments and uh, they're going to have the ability additionally to be able to a consumer i should say is going to have the ability to additionally transfer funds From one account that they own to an account that they own at another financial institution. So I always like to refer to this as, I need to rob Peter to pay Paul. I need to take money out of my savings account over here at institution A. And I'm going to push that money into my checking account at institution B. So peer-to-peer could be uh, from one consumer to another consumer, or again, the, the transfer of funds between accounts owned by a consumer. But as we look at P2P payments, they're not a processing system. Instead, they're really a product or a service. Uh, like Zelle or Venmo. And again, those are allowing consumers to initiate credit payments to other consumer accounts. So the payment itself could be processed through the ACH network, could be processed through the card network, or today, even the RTP network, really depending on how the consumer's payment information is set up within that P2P payment app. And of course, down the road, uh, could that payment be sent as a FedNow? I say the possibility is is very good.
0: Well, that is good to know. I mean, I use Venmo all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never knew what it was called, but that is, thank That's you.
1: Right. So, so that is a payment app, but uh-huh. the payment itself is being processed through the ACH network. Uh, oh. so, so again, it's it's kind of your way to be able, because you as a consumer do not have access to any of the payment systems, only financial institutions do. However, we have these tools, these payment apps, these interfaces, if you will, to be able then to make payments, which are then later going to actually be processed through the payment systems. And so as we look at RTP and Fed now, we have to, while we refer to them as a faster payment, they are really faster payment systems. Okay. And again, there'll be all these different products or services that are able to be processed through those two networks.
0: Well, thank you for that clarification. That actually made sense to me. <laughs>
1: good, 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 good.
0: So do real-time payments move funds through the traditional rails?
1: Well, so real-time payments or RTP, the houses RTP, it's a brand new spanking payment system and it provides clearing and settlement for only RTP credit payments. So RTP is not using our traditional rails like ACH or, Wire or card or Check, but it's offering a new payment rail or a new payment system for processing payments. And keep in mind that FedNow, it too is gonna to also be a brand new payment system.
0: So how are accounts linked for transfer on RTP and FedNow?
1: That's, you know, that's a really great question. And uh, I'm not professing to be a technical wizard by any means. So I'm going to explain this to you uh, as to how it makes best sense to me. So today, when I go out and set up a payment through my financial institutions online banking product, let's say that I want to pay a biller, maybe a utility company, for example, I have absolutely no idea where they bank. So I don't know who their financial institution is, and I certainly don't know their account number at that institution. But what I'll do is I go in and I set up a profile for them, and I'm using their remit to address information. So I input their remit to address and magically through the use of directory services. So I'm imagining something that's, you know, out there magically in the clouds, okay, in the the computer clouds, if you will. that takes that remit to address information and links it to the routing and account number information for that utility. So once that link is made, now my payment is able to actually get sent to them. So as we look at RTP and Fed now, they too are gonna to leverage directory services to be able to link whether it be a business's information or consumer's information. To their account at their financial institution. So they may use, you know, a remit to address, as I gave in my example, or it could be an email address or a cell phone number, especially as we start talking about consumers to be able then to develop this directory. Now, typically, these directories, um, especially as we look at consumer information, okay, that information is going to be populated actually by the consumer. So just as an example, let's say that I have a Zelle account and you don't have one. That doesn't mean that I can't send you money using Zelle. Instead, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna enter your cell phone number and I'm gonna put in the payment amount. You are then going to receive a text message that basically asks you to complete the process. Would you please go out, set up a profile, So that you can actually receive those funds. And Venmo works the same way. But then the next time, Cassidy, that I get ready to send you money using Zelle, because you already have an account set up. And again, based on your cell phone number, it's linking to your routing number and account number at your financial institution. The next time I go to send that payment to you. Again, it's going to be like magic. Automatically, it's going to go out. It's going to look at the directory service and know exactly where to send that payment. So now it's really speeding up that payment process. Uh, So again, these directory services, I I don't profess to be a a technical wizard on how all of these work, uh, but that's kind of basically how this is, is going to be done. And as you look at the use of directory services, and we kind of go back to that question about fraud, uh, this is really going to protect a lot of account information. So whether it be consumers information or even a businesses. So it's really a way, you know, OK, everybody knows your cell phone number. OK, great. But I don't know, nor do I need to ask you. Uh, I need to send this money to you. Would you be willing to give me your routing number and your account number information? I mean, those two pieces of information are very, very useful uh, when it comes to identity theft and being able to create fraudulent transactions. So really the use of directory services is again, gonna be one of those tools to help combat potential fraud.
0: You know, that makes sense. I don't think I would ever want to give out my account or routing number. Those are like little numbers locked away in my head.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And, 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 you know, we're willing to do that in certain cases, because as you look at ACH and same day ACH, you have the capabilities for businesses to be able to debit consumer accounts. You know, so a biller, again, my utility company, I authorize them to be able to debit my checking account or my savings account. And here's the routing number and the account number associated with that. You know, there are certain situations where I personally feel comfortable in doing that. You know, my mortgage company, my insurance company, again, my utility, that sort of thing. But you know what? I don't really want to have to provide another consumer that information. Um, You know, again, I, I feel more comfortable. You've got my cell phone number that's great. But like I said, that initial setup, I'm the one going in there and going, so what is the routing and account number information that I want to associate uh, with my cell cell phone number? So again, it it really does protect not only us as consumers from our information uh, being stolen and used fraudulently, but also businesses as well.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. You just gave me some awesome answers. And I feel like I learned a lot and our viewers are going to learn a lot. Fantastic. Uh, so again, thank you so much for coming on today, Shelley. You
1: are most welcome, Cassidy. I truly enjoyed it. Appreciate the, again, the opportunity to get to talk with you about this.
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can register for the on-demand webinar titled Emerging Payments, Embracing Same Day ACH, RTP, and FedNow. The on-demand webinar is available now to view and download. Podcast listeners can also enter coupon code Payments into their shopping cart for 10% off the webinar. More details can be found in the episode notes. You can also find links to check out Jelly's website. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or your favorite podcast platform for the next episode of Banking Bonus Time. Before I close the podcast, I'd like to... T- Thank our state association partners, Shelly Sipple, UpCorp, and you, the listener. Be safe and take care.